Chapter 1 of The Star Chamber, An Historical Romance, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Star Chamber, Volume 2, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter 1. Poison. The execution of Lady Lake's criminal and vindictive project would not have been long deferred after the defeat she had sustained from Lord Roos, but for her husband's determined opposition. This may appear surprising in a man so completely under his wife's governance as was Sir Thomas, but the more he reflected upon the possible consequences of the scheme, the more averse to it he became, and finding all arguments unavailing to dissuade his lady from her purpose, he at last summoned up resolution enough positively to interdict it. But the project was only deferred and not abandoned. The forged confession was kept in readiness by Lady Lake for production on the first favorable opportunity. Not less disinclined to the measure than her father was Lady Roos, though the contrary had been represented to Sir Thomas by his lady. But accustomed to yield blind obedience to her mother's wishes, she had been easily worked upon to acquiesce in the scheme, especially as the fabricated confession did not appear to hurt her husband, for whom, though she did not dare to exhibit it, she maintained a deep and unchanging affection. So utterly heartbroken was she by the prolonged and painful struggle she had undergone that she was now almost indifferent to its issue. For some time her health had given way under the severe shocks she had endured, but all at once more dangerous symptoms began to manifest themselves, and she became so greatly indisposed that she could not leave her room. Extremely distressing in its effects, the attack resembled fever. Inextinguishable thirst tormented her, burning pains, throbbing in the temples, and violent fluttering of the heart. No alleviation of her sufferings could be obtained from the remedies administered by Luke Hatton, who was in constant attendance upon her. Nor will this be wondered at, since we are in the secret of his dark doings. On the contrary, the fever increased in intensity, and at the end of four days of unremitting agony, witnessed with cynical indifference by the causer of the mischief, it was evident that her case was desperate. From the first, Lady Lake had been greatly alarmed, for with all her faults she was an affectionate mother, though she had a strange way of showing her affection, and she was unremitting in her attentions to the sufferer, scarcely ever quitting her bedside. After a few days, however, thus spent in nursing her daughter, she herself succumbed to a like malady. The same devouring internal fires scorched her up, and raged within her veins. The same unappeasable thirst tormented her, and unable longer to fulfill her task, she confided it to Sarah Swarton, and withdrew to another chamber, communicating by a side door, masked by drapery, with that of Lady Roos. Devoted to her mistress, Sarah Swarton would have sacrificed her life to restore her health, and she cared not, though the fever might be infectious. The gentleness and resignation of the ill-fated lady, which failed to move Luke Hatton, melted her to tears, and it was with infinite grief that she saw her, day by day, sinking slowly but surely into the grave. To Lady Roos, the presence of Sarah Swarton was an inexpressible comfort. The handmaiden was far superior to her station, with a pleasing countenance and prepossessing manner, and possessed of the soft voice so soothing to the ear of pain. But the chief comfort derived by Lady Roos from the society of Sarah Swarton was the power of unbosoming herself to her respecting her husband, 
and of pouring her sorrows into a sympathizing ear. Lord Roos had never been near his wife since her seizure, nor, that she could learn, had made any inquiries about her. But notwithstanding his heartless conduct, her great desire was to behold him once more before she died, and to breathe some last words into his ear, and she urged the wish so strongly upon her confidant that the latter promised, if possible, to procure its accomplishment. A week had now nearly elapsed, the fatal term appointed by Luke Hatton, and it could be no longer doubted that, if the last gratification sought by Lady Roos were to be afforded her, it must not be delayed. The poor sufferer was wasted to a skeleton, her cheeks hollow, eyes sunk in deep cavities, though the orbs were unnaturally bright, and her frame so debilitated that she could scarcely raise herself from the pillow. Sarah Swarton accordingly resolved to set out upon her errand, but before doing so she sought an interview with Lady Lake for the purpose of revealing certain fearful suspicions she had begun to entertain of Luke Hatton. She would have done this before, but there was an almost insuperable difficulty in obtaining a few words in private of her ladyship. The apothecary was continually passing from room to room, hovering nigh the couches of his patients, as if afraid of leaving them for a moment, and he seemed to regard Sarah herself with distrust. But he had now gone forth, and she resolved to take advantage of his absence to make her communication. End of chapter 1